America at the Hands of a Cult Part 1. A Timeline The summer of 2020 was both a revolution and a coup, ultimately resulting in an unshakable pact between the woke and all major corporate and cultural institutions in this country, up to and including the President of the United States. It isn't a cult of one personality, but of many. It's a tawdry tale of influencers and algorithms, fast-moving technology and helicopter parents, social media and critical theory. But Joe Biden is no cult leader. He's more like a George Spahn-type figure, presenting a more acceptable front, while the Manson family did as they pleased behind the scenes. 2020 was also a cynical ploy by the ruling class and politicians, not to mention the well-funded cabal, to co-opt the revolution as a proxy war to keep the public compliant and afraid just like the children's spies in 1984. But they had no idea what kind of oppressive force they were about to unleash. It was like the baby alien that burst forth from John Hurt's stomach in Ridley Scott's Alien, slightly off-putting but seemingly harmless. But it would re-emerge from the shadows as an unstoppable force of unspeakable power. Why was it so powerful? Because so many people went along with it. With its roots in academia, the DNA of your average counterculture boomer and centrist Democrat, going up against it could mean total destruction. But of course, that's the only way forward, as Peter Bogosian explains. This is a mass delusion. The society is in the throes of a mass delusion. Shouldn't we be suspicious if ex nihilo from nothing comes a belief, a moral system of value that has literally penetrated every single American institution almost overnight? No matter what the value is, shouldn't we be suspicious of it? Shouldn't we ask questions of it? And shouldn't we be even more suspicious of it if asking questions gets us in trouble? Of course we should. And if you do question it, you're a blasphemer, you're a heretic, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a Nazi, you're a sexist, you're a homophobe. Well, no, how about I'm just trying to figure out why you believe it? Like, what is your evidence for believing? If you had evidence, you wouldn't need to call anybody names. You'd just tell them why you believe it. And that's the other crazy thing about this ideology. There's no evidence for it. It's completely ideological. We have woke people right now who want everybody else to think exactly like they do. They want them to have their beliefs. And if you think about it in terms of cognitive liberty, then you can view that as a tyranny. Anybody can believe anything they want to believe. This to me is what makes this the shining city upon a hill. Anybody can come here, they can believe, they can take their traditions, or they cannot take their traditions. And the problem comes when other people impose their morality and their will and tell people what they can say or do or think. And that's the situation that we have now with the woke. They want to tell you what to think. They want to tell you how to live. They want to interfere in your friendships. This is the most un-American thing possible. And if you say that to them, they would laugh at that. They would say, yes, we hate this country. It's built on misogyny and racism. But these are the new authoritarians. This is the new tyranny. And the schism, the fault line in this is not conservative, liberal. It's not Republican, Democrat. The schism is those who are authoritarians and those who are not. Those who want liberty for everybody and those who do not. And now we have a bunch of totalitarian thugs like Antifa who wants to destroy that and destroy the institutions that protect our speech and our due process and our freedom of assembly and our freedom of the press. And we have those who stand against them. Stand up, take the consequences, take the heat. And don't think that by spouting leftist platitudes, they won't come for you. They're gonna come for you even more. So don't be a coward, just stand up. The Greeks call it parahesia speaking truth in the face of danger. That's what we need now more than anything. That's the only thing that's going to get us out of this. Parahesia, speaking truth in the face of danger. 
After the firings, the attacks, the riots, and the sheer terror of the summer of 2020, American institutions, industries, and culture buckled under the pressure as mass formation took hold. Matthias Desmet explains. Mass formation is, is, is a, it's a specific kind of group formation which has very specific effects at the level of individual mental functioning. For instance, if people are in the grip of a process of mass formation, they tend to become radically blind for everything that goes against the narrative the group believes in. It is as if they don't have any capacity anymore to take a critical distance of what the group believes in. And this holds even for people who are extremely intelligent and, 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 and highly educated. So that's, that's one of the, of the strangest things of mass formation. Um, even the higher the level of education, it has been observed time and time again, the more vulnerable people become for mass formation, which is quite strange, of course. Um, then a second characteristic, a very important uh, 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 characteristic of mass formation is that as people are in the grip of it, they typically become willing to self-sacrifice. It is as if they are no longer aware of their own individual interests, as if they are willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of the collective interests, and to a very extreme extent. And a third uh, crucial phenomenological characteristic of mass formation is that uh, it, people who are in the grip of it typically become radically intolerant for dissonant voices. And in the end, this goes quite far. In the end, uh, people who are in the grip of mass formation uh, typically start to commit cruelties and atrocities towards the people that do not go along with the masses. And, even more specific, they do so as if it is an ethical duty to do so. That's typical for, for, for masses of all times, whether we are talking about the Crusades or the witch hunts or the French Revolution or the emergence of the masses in the Soviet Union or in Nazi Germany, every time you see the same characteristic, after a while, when the mass formation becomes very deep, uh, people typically start to commit cruelties towards those who do not go along with them, and they do so as if, an ethical, as if it is an ethical duty. Mass formation handed absolute power to those at the top. And with their army of zealots, they created a fascist-like alignment of unbreakable power, not unlike China's Red Guard during the Cultural Revolution. Here is a video of someone who lived through it. Mao had decided to mobilize the young people as the driving force of a vast campaign to purify the Communist Party. There was to be a new revolution, a cultural revolution, a revolution in people's thinking. We went to Beijing. Mao received us after we arrived. We woke up in the middle of night because uh, in the morning, we are going to walk through uh, Tiananmen Square to see our great leader. He was excited. We thought he was a god. Inspired by Mao, the Red Guards went wild in their enthusiasm to keep the revolution alive. They worshipped Mao as their leader and followed his instructions without question. They consider long hair and Western-style clothes uncommunist. Teachers were the target of the political campaign. Mao keep taught us they have to receive the re-education by the worker and peasant. My female uh, teacher I love. She like to wear uh, beautiful clothes. She care for appearance. That was a criminal uh, accusation. One boy went to her bedroom and lead so many people, she went there to cut her hair. I went there too late. The hair has been cut already. He was humiliated and I couldn't help. I couldn't help. I couldn't rescue her. Shame on me. Many will flee this fanaticism like rats off a sinking ship as the inevitable backlash hits. They're going to pretend they didn't go along with it, just as they tried to do in Salem Village in 1692, after the hysteria was punctured and 20 people lost their lives. But we're not going to let them do that. Those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it. To that end, I'm writing a two-part story to understand better how this could have happened in just a few short years. 
The first part is a timeline to lay the groundwork for just how we got here. It isn't the whole story, but for now, it will have to do. Part 1. The Timeline 2000. The left began colonizing the internet, building what would eventually become an information monopoly. Google, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, etc. 2006. Twitter and Facebook launch, bringing more people together than ever before in human history. 2007. The iPhone launches. Fertility rates begin a sharp decline. Pornhub launches. Online porn begins to climb. Depression is on the rise. 2008. Barack Obama, the first black president, is elected. Wall Street meltdown bailout that sparked Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party. 2010. Republicans take the House, largely due to the Tea Party movement. Obama calls it a shellacking. The legacy media begin targeting the Tea Party as racist. That is nothing but a bunch of tea-banging rednecks. Angry government and, uh, and, and racism. The conservative movement has now crystallized into the white power movement. Who are Ill into killing blacks and Jews and women or whatever it may be. I haven't met any racists yet, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, not in the Tea Party. Have you yourself, has anyone accused you of racism for your involvement in the Tea Party? Today, yes. I've been called a couple of bad words today. They're a cult. Nazis. Fascist. Un-American. Racist. Any opposition you have. Any opposition to Obama, to, to the Democratic Party, anything right now, the way to end any argument, racist. This is racism straight up. They say racist, and the argument's over. How can that be? I mean, there is freedom of speech, but you know, that comes with a responsibility. I think this is dangerous rhetoric. 2011, Trump challenges Obama's birth certificate. Obama humiliates him in public at the correspondence dinner. 2012, Barack Obama is re-elected but now begins to discuss obstruction to his policies as racism. 2013, your fave is problematic launches on Tumblr, creating a climate of fear and a culture of behavior policing at the hands of teenage girls. Hundreds of celebrities are called out and publicly shamed for cultural appropriation, among other things. 2013, the hashtags Oscars so white and Black Lives Matter bloom on Twitter. 2014, Black Lives Matter protests on the street in the wake of police shootings, most notably Michael Brown. Cliven Bundy first becomes a hero, then overtly racist comments are exposed, mocked publicly by Obama. The Freedom Caucus forms and is immediately considered a racist movement by the left. 2015, Occupy Princeton, with groups demanding the removal of the name Woodrow Wilson. 2015, thousands of students protest racism at universities like Yale, Harvard, and Smith the word trans starts to appear. And as anti-racism would name their method of policing the public, so too would anti-trans rise in its wake. For podcast listeners, a graphic of students demand diversity training resignations and more from faculty of color in November of 2015 at Princeton, Wesleyan, and other college campuses. 2015, Trump supporters violently attacked, called fascists, Nazis, and racists. Overnight, all-out brawls outside the Trump rally in San Jose, California. Trump supporters harassed, beaten, and bloodied by mobs of protesters. They're like spitting on me and stuff. This man says he was sucker punched, his clothes torn off his back. Seven more people just come in and start punching me. Carl, I look pretty bad. This lone female Trump supporter tried to stand her ground. Her sign torn from her hands, her glasses ripped off, then shoved in her face. A woman wearing a Trump jersey cornered and then egged in the face. Nazis go home! Fights breaking out in the streets all over the convention. 2016, Donald Trump wins the presidential election and widespread protests hit the streets and the rest of the world. 2017, the hashtag resistance forms online, demanding cultural, corporate, and political institutions stand on their side, where they will be seen as racists and fascists. June 26, 2018, Robin D'Angelo publishes White Fragility, why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism. November 2018, a poll shows liberals dumb down their speech when talking to minorities, but conservatives don't. August 2019, Ibram X. Kendi publishes How to Be an Anti-Racist. March 2020, the country is on lockdown from the COVID pandemic, and more people are trapped on the internet than any other time in history. 
Memorial Day 2020, George Floyd is killed as a police officer kneels on his neck, sparking the largest protests in American history. Over 90 Confederate monuments, 167 symbols, were removed in the summer of 2020. May 29, 2020. A violent riot at the White House where Black Lives Matter supporters threw Molotov cocktails at police, burned the White House guardhouse, injured 60-plus Secret Service agents, and set fire to cars in St. John's Church, causing Trump to be evacuated to the White House bunker. June 1, 2020. Trump poses with a Bible at St. John's Church. Media says they used tear gas to clear protesters for a photo op. One year later, the story would turn out to be false. June 2nd, 2020, Blackout Tuesday to protest the death of Breonna Taylor. Everyone asked or demanded to put black squares on their Instagram. June 5th, 2020, over 1,000 healthcare professionals sign a letter saying, quote, don't shut down protests using coronavirus concerns as an excuse, end quote. June 2020, protests justified because they were outside and wearing masks. By 2023, it would be common knowledge Masks offered little to no protection. June 7, 2020, a poll shows a majority of Americans support deploying the military to control violent protests. Barry Weiss and James Bennett at the New York Times enlist Senator Tom Cotton, who writes the op-ed, send in the troops. Twitter goes to war on them for it, and by the end of it, Weiss and Bennett will be out. Weiss would launch a substack revolution. July 4, 2020. Trump gives a speech at Mount Rushmore calling out the violence of the summer. Quote, Our nation is witnessing a merciless campaign to wipe out our history, defame our heroes, erase our values, and indoctrinate our children. End quote. Media calls it dark and fascist. October 2020, Jody Shaw becomes one of the few people willing to speak out against the mandated ideology of anti-racism at Smith College. The disproportional impact of COVID-19 on African Americans makes the news. 2016 to 2020, the number of writers, scientists, journalists, and professors either forced to resign or fired outright begins to climb. In 2020, over 90 people will have lost their jobs for going against the strident rules of the woke. For podcast listeners, a chart that shows the number of people fired in 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2020. By 2020, the number has tripled. Some of these notable firings include 2018, Karen Ames, New York Department of Education, refused to make the Black Panther salute. Megyn Kelly outed NBC after daring to question the automatic conviction of someone wearing a Halloween costume back before anyone thought it was blackface. Joseph Massey's entire career was destroyed when an unsourced article appeared online alleging abuse that never occurred yet the website refuses to remove the article. 2019, Colin Wright pushed out of academia after insisting biological sex was real. Megan Murphy banned from Twitter for misgendering. 2020, an anonymous janitor was put on leave after asking a black Smith College student what she was doing in a closed building area. David Shore, data analyst, fired for tweeting negatively about the protests. David Callum, a chemistry professor at Cornell, fired for tweeting that pushing down a protester wasn't police brutality. Andrew Sullivan pushed out at New York Magazine for his controversial opinion on trans issues, among other things. Helen Lewis, voiceover artist, removed from video game after writing an op-ed that a man can't become a woman. 2021, Donald Trump, President of the United States, banned from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for January 6th. Donald McNeil, the science journalist for the New York Times, fired for supposedly saying the N-word for clarification on a field trip. Mike Pesca, podcast host, indefinitely suspended for discussing Donald McNeil in a sympathetic light. Amazon shuts down Parler, the biggest competitor to Twitter, after January 6th. Paul Rossi, teacher at Grace Church High School, fired for writing critically of their anti-racist madness. Gina Carano, fired from Disney for making a joke about pronouns and referencing the Holocaust in a tweet. The Evergreen Warning 2017, Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying resigned from Evergreen College after an infamous protest and subsequent witch hunt. The Evergreen model would become a dress rehearsal for the summer of 2020. Last month, Evergreen State College in Washington went crazy. 
when a professor of evolutionary biology named Brett Weinstein objected to a day of absence when white students and faculty were asked to voluntarily leave campus. Weinstein branded it a form of racial segregation. A group of student protesters called him a racist. The confrontation incited further protests, debates over free speech, and claims of systemic racism on campus. And things haven't calmed down. Tomorrow, Evergreen will hold its graduation at an off-campus location, 40 miles away. Would you like to hear the answer or not? No! no. This is the video viewed by millions that put Evergreen State and Weinstein in the national spotlight. This is not a discussion. You have lost that one. This is not a discussion. You've lost that one. Yeah, you've lost that one. So what are they doing here if they don't want to talk to you? Well, this is uh, part and parcel of their, their central mode. They're just simply shutting down somebody that they don't want to hear from. I am not interested in debate. I am interested only in dialectic, which does mean I listen to you and you listen to me. Weinstein has taught at Evergreen State for 14 years. He describes himself as deeply progressive, but has been denounced as a racist tool of the alt-right by some students and faculty. Weinstein objected to the day of absence in a formal protest email to colleagues, arguing that, quote, one's right to speak or to be must never be based on skin color. Calls for his resignation followed. By virtue of the way they constructed this, you were making a statement by being on campus that you were not an ally. And I feel like I am an ally to people of color in their attempt to gain equity. Do you have any sense at this point of why they want you to resign? Well, they think that I'm a racist. 2020, videos slowly trickle out of what was happening on the streets that the media would not cover, more than just mostly peaceful protests. Here's a video of protesters intimidating diners to lift their fist for Black Lives Matter. August 23, 2020, Jacob Blake is shot by police in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Within minutes, a story spreads on Twitter that he was unarmed and there to break up a fight. Kyle Rittenhouse, like so many others in the city, takes up arms to protect businesses. Things get out of hand and three people are shot. Two of them die. January 2021, Jacob Blake admits he was holding a knife. The sexual assault charges against him are dropped. January 6, 2021, political protesters arrive in D.C. by the thousands. A violent riot breaks out and prisoners are thrown in solitary for years without being charged. The media blames white supremacy. Although the media would claim five police officers were killed, in reality they died after the event. The one person killed that day was one of the protesters, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by a Capitol Police officer who was later cleared. November 2021, Kyle Rittenhouse is acquitted of murder. January 6, 2022, Vice President Kamala Harris compares January 6 to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. June 9, 2022, the January 6 show trial begins. Benny Thompson opens with, quote, I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the action of the insurrectionists on January 6, 2021, end quote. September 1st, 2022, Joe Biden stands before a blood-red fascist-like backdrop and says, quote, Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic, end quote. 2023, the January 6 political prisoners are convicted of seditious conspiracy, joining an Islamic terrorist and Puerto Rican communists. January 3, 2023, the Heritage Foundation demands Congress investigate the Black Lives Matter protests, which cost $1 billion in damages and killed 25 people, including a police officer. June 22, 2023, Randy Weingarten appointed to Department of Homeland Security School Safety Advisory Council. Turf Wars Long after the Time's Up and Me Too movements evaporated, 
and Black Lives Matter began to struggle with fundraising. As public approval for the group began to decline, the focus shifted from Black Lives to Trans Lives. 2012 to 2013, rise of transgender contagion among girls first appears, mostly due to heavy use of Tumblr, tracked by Tavistock in the UK. For podcast listeners, a pie chart showing the increase by 69% of young girls. Here is a video of James Essie's and Helen Joyce on the contagion. So moving on to social contagion and a few statistics about this. Firstly, figures have shown a complete inversion in the sex ratio of those presenting as trans. In the 1960s, over 90% were male. In 2018, some studies show over 80% as female. In fact, there was hardly any scientific literature before 2012 on girls aged 11 to 21 having developed gender dysphoria at all. Why is this? Another study has shown that roughly two-thirds of cases of gender dysphoria, a young person's internet and social media usage went up significantly just before they came out as trans. And in a third study, two-thirds of trans-identifying young people had one or more friends that were also identifying as trans. Now, we already know that young people, particularly young girls, can fall prey to contagion. And we've seen this historically, as has been mentioned, with eating disorders and self-harm. More recently, we've seen this with Tourette's syndrome, again, a condition that historically was male-dominated, but which an inversion has now taken place. I hear of more and more schools in which multiple girls in a single classroom are coming out as trans within weeks of one another. Why is this? We know the children, particularly in adolescence, seek to explore, experiment, even rebel. And I'm sure we can all think of fads and trends that existed when we were younger. But the difference now is that if we allow our children to experiment with being trans, they may face irreversible regret. And all of this paints us a picture because I would argue that in many ways gender dysphoria is the perfect mental health condition to act as a contagion. It plays on the natural insecurities of young people. It offers them the opportunity to be celebrated, affirmed and part of a community, often online and behind closed doors. The mark of any successful ideology is one that can embed itself into everyday language and culture without anyone noticing. And in my submission, gender ideology, through a number of incremental shifts over the years, has done exactly that. So very- Think of Lord of the Flies. You see what children are like when they're socialising each other with no adults in the room. <clears throat> That's what Tumblr was like, 2012, 2016. I see some girls looking at me. In about 2012, Tumblr um, said that you couldn't have self-harm on the site anymore, and that basically got rid of a lot of the content, and it switched to gender. And now it's TikTok. And so these, you, what you see on these sites, because there are no adults, you see children and children's creativity and things move fast. They morph. And children are inexperienced, they're febrile, trends go through them with extraordinary speed and they mutate all the while. And in the case of gender, it's got to some very strange places indeed. So people sometimes ask why this trend overtakes specifically teenage girls, and it's because they were on Tumblr. At least I think that's a part of it. And so my contention is that what's happening now is an encouragement of rumination about gender, an environment that makes it likely that your gender is experienced in a painful and uneasy way, a shaping of all sorts of distress into gender-related distress, and finally, a historically unprecedented interpretation of these gender-related thoughts and distress as meaning something, which is that the person is not actually of their sex. That's a new idea. People did not think until, until the last 10 or 20 years, at the very, very longest, that somebody who felt they were a member of the opposite sex actually were a member of the opposite sex. So we're creating an enormous amount of distress. James told us how that's happening. It's happening in schools, it's happening online, it's happening in science lessons, in RSE. Schools transitioning kids behind their parents' back, encouraging children to question their identities. So this is not just a social contagion. It's a social contagion on a scale the world has never seen before. August 2013, Chelsea Manning comes out as transgender. April 2015, Bruce Jenner comes out as Caitlyn Jenner. June 2015, Supreme Court declares same-sex marriage legal in all 50 states. May 2016, Obama administration releases directive on transgender rights to school bathrooms. October 29, 2018, the domain name is registered that will become the website Transgender Map by Andrea James, which has instructions for young people on how to come out and what to do next and tracks all the enemies of the transgender movement. This Substack piece will likely be cited. 
June 6, 2020, J.K. Rowling tweets, quote, people who menstruate? I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Wumpen? Wimpened? Wumud? End quote. A full-blown mass hysteria witch hunt erupts. June 6, 2020, Rowling tweets, quote, feminazi, turf, bitch, and witch. Times change. Woman hate is eternal. End quote. January 2021, the Heterodorks podcast launches with Nina Paley and Corinna Cohn called the Turf and Tranny Alliance. In January of 2023, Paley's comic Agents of Hag was dropped by Indiegogo. June 6, 2023, 19 states all read ban gender-affirming care. Abigail Schreier publishes Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze, Seducing Our Daughters. Amazon bans it, then unbans it. Booksellers consider it hate speech, and it is banned from school libraries. July 2020, a group of writers and artists publish a letter on justice and open debate known as the Harper's Letter. They are viciously attacked, and many claim it was transphobic because J.K. Rowling signed it. July 2020, Finland restricts hormone therapy for minors. October 2020, a letter opposing J.K. Rowling's quote-unquote transphobia signed by more than 1,500 publishing professionals, is published. December 2020, actress Ellen Page becomes actor Elliot Page. May 2021, a teenager is sexually assaulted by a non-binary or transgender male in Loudoun County, Virginia. Daily Wire breaks the story. May 2021, a parent sounds the alarm at the steep and sudden rise of gender clinics for youth and adolescents. Here is her video testimony. Hello, my name is Lynn Meager. I'm here representing myself to give my unqualified support for HB 1399. The High Court of England was correct on December 1st to rule that a minor child does not have the capacity to give consent to treatments which cause sterility, sexual dysfunction, short stature, decreased bone density, and increased risk of heart attacks, blood clots, and stroke, just to name a few. No one including a parent, should have the authority to consent to these things on behalf of any other person. Thus, it is not a matter of a decision between a parent, a child, and a medical practitioner. This is an adult decision and should not be entered into by children under any circumstances. I work with the Gender Mapper Project. We are documenting every pediatric gender clinic in the world. Just two years ago, we were told that there were 60 pediatric gender clinics in the U.S. Thus far, we have documented over 300 pediatric gender clinics in the United States alone, and 17 right here in the state of Texas. We have verified that these providers are giving puberty blockers cross-sex... October 2021, Dave Chappelle announces he's Team Turf. A massive movement to have him canceled from Netflix erupts. They refuse. February 2022, Sweden halts hormone therapy for minors. March 21, 2022, Babylon B banned from Twitter for joking about Rachel Levine as Man of the Year. March 2022, swimmer Riley Gaines ties with biological man, trans female Leah Thomas... But Thomas gets to hold the trophy as a photo op, becoming a high-profile trans superstar. Gaines begins speaking out and is attacked by Media Matters, among others. May 20, 2022, DOJ labels dozens of parents terrorist threats because of their confrontations at school board meetings. June 1, 2022, Matt Walsh releases the documentary What is a Woman? on the Daily Wire. Most critics refuse to watch it or even review it. July 2022, NHS closes Tavistock Gender Clinic in the UK. September 15, 2022, WPATH Standards of Care releases version 8. Quote, an earlier draft would have required several years of transgender identity before an adolescent could begin treatment. End quote. September 28, 2022, swimmer Riley Gaines appears in a Rand Paul political ad that directly targets unfair competition of biological men in women's sports. October 2022, Joe Biden invites TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney to the White House as part of their ongoing efforts to use social media influencers to rally the vote. And do you have any messages to the families of trans folks that are seeking, you know, uh, options for their children uh, but are struggling to find resources? Do you have a message to those parents? Yeah, I do. Um, 
this is blood of your blood, bone of your bone. And uh, um, it is, uh, again, speaking to my son, when he was, he was spent a year in Iraq and he was a decorated soldier. He volunteered to go. As a, he had to give up the attorney general's job and then came back to it. And uh, he started a, a, a foundation I'm not allowed to talk about now because I can't raise money for it any longer. But it was for abused children. And one of the things he did is raise millions of dollars, this organization, to basically educate parents as to what they should not be afraid of um, and to educate the community as to what is, what, what is just pure. November 2022, Chloe Cole sues Kaiser Permanente for careless, catastrophic treatment when she was just 13, including a double mastectomy. November 2022, Elon Musk officially takes over Twitter, unbans the Babylon Bee, Megan Murphy, and others who had been banned over misgendering. December 2022, the Twitter files begin to drop. 2022, Gen Z spends roughly 48 hours per month on TikTok, prefers gender-neutral pronouns, 95% have a smartphone, is 20% of the population, 60 million, 59% believe forms should have more than one option other than man and woman. February 9th, 2023, gender care clinician Jamie Reed writes in the free press, I thought I was saving trans kids, now I'm blowing the whistle. There are more than 100 pediatric gender clinics across the U.S. I worked at one. What's happening to children is morally and medically appalling, end quote. February 14th, 2023, Megan Phelps Roper drops a podcast on the free press called The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, which still tops the charts on iTunes. February 15, 2023, 100-plus celebrities and activists put pressure on the New York Times demanding they stop printing biased anti-trans stories. February 16, 2023, Pamela Paul writes an op-ed for the New York Times, quote, in defense of J.K. Rowling, end quote. March 24th, 2023, 23 biological men, trans-identified women, win national and international competitions. March 25th, 2023, Kelly J. Keene is viciously attacked by trans activists in New Zealand. March 29th, 2023, transgender male, biological female, Audrey Hale, shoots and kills six at Christian Covenant. FBI, police, and now parents of the shooter and victims fight to keep her manifesto under wraps. April 2023, Riley Gaines is attacked by trans activists who hold her hostage for three hours and demand she pays them to release her. They screech, trans women are women, and hiss at her, cry, bitch. April 16th, 2023, Jamie Reed appears on Trigonometry to talk about the horrors of youth gender transition. June 1st, 2023, Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire collaborate with Twitter to stream What is a Woman. When the trust and safety team sees the film, they abruptly cancel the documentary and diminish its reach on the platform. Musk steps in. The top brass are vacated and the film streams, with Musk RTing it to his millions of followers. June 6, 2023, parents at Glendale School District protest against the school's LGBTQIA curriculum as part of a wave of parents pushing back at school board meetings against woke indoctrination at elementary and middle schools. June 8, 2023, YouTube begins demonetizing high-profile users for misgendering people. Jordan Peterson, Candace Owens, Matt Walsh, and others under its hateful conduct policy. June 9, 2023, a Korean women's spa where nudity is compulsory has been ordered by a judge to admit pre-op trans women with penises after an activist complained when the owner tried to ban them. June 14, 2023, Layla Jane sues Kaiser when she, quote, found herself under the care of medical professionals who chemically and surgically mutilated her body, end quote. June 14, 2023, trans influencer Rose Montoya joins other transgender influencers by going topless at the White House. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. (laughs) Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year! Happy Pride Life! Yeah! Transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You are understood. You are loved. And you belong.
some of the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. I mean, you're welcome. Good folks. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor. Fans rights are human rights. Are we topless at the White House? In a rare rebuke, the Biden administration scolds Montoya, who is now banned from future visits. June 21st, 2023, Abigail Schreier calls out a new bill in California, set to be signed by Gavin Newsom, AB 957, which would consider not affirming a child abuse that could remove parental rights. 2020 to 2023, the rise of preferred pronouns as the new Black Lives Matter tribal identifier where a person can be banned for misgendering someone on social media and YouTube. Heartbreaking stories of detransitioners begin to find their way out. I have borderline personality disorder, and I know for a fact that this is the reason for my transition. Um, it's a very difficult mental illness, and uh, one of the core features is not having any sense of self or identity. And um, my doctors knew this. Um, I, I told them, even though they didn't ask, um, that I had been diagnosed with BPD. Um, and it was all fine to them. I wasn't happy as a girl, so that meant I was a boy and I was trans. And so I, I just um, took the cure that was handed to me. Um, I, I was told that I was being given a cure and I, I wouldn't want to kill myself anymore. Um, and it wasn't true. I didn't want to cry in this video, but this is such a hard thing to talk about. I, um, I lost a lot of things to this and I just hope that anyone else who's going through what I went through as a young girl will not be prescribed hormones and surgery because of other things um you know there are so many mental health disorders that make you hate your body and the solution isn't to change your body it's to fix your brain you know um I just don't want anyone else to ever feel this way. I lost my voice. I lost my chest. I don't know if I'm going to be able to have kids. Um, I feel like no one wants to date me or love me because I'm ruined. June 21st, 2023, a parent confronts the Wake County School Board in North Carolina reminding them that it's parents who should be leading children, not the other way around. Hello, everyone. Um, I've been coming here for five years now, and I was going to talk to you about some practical things that I thought you could change about 3210, but I've changed my mind. Um, I've been really confused over the last five years as to why we spend 45 minutes to an hour of every public meeting talking about how great everyone is and how great everything is in the schools, and now I've figured it out. I figured it out because all these people came here to defend you all from hurtful words. This is obnoxious. Let me just say, there is one goal for the educational system. It should be to prepare children to enter careers to be productive members of society. It is not a counseling session. It is not a self-help area. It is not somewhere to find yourself. And we should not be led by the children, for goodness sake. The children are called dependents for a reason. They depend on us who have fully developed brains. You cannot feel your way through life. The issues that we are talking about, we are bringing you statistics. We are talking about scholastics. We are talking about funding. We we are talking about busing. We are talking about trying to figure out how to make our children be as successful as possible. And I am sure that that is your goal. And what we have been called tonight 
is what they're claiming that we're saying to children. We're having an adult conversation. There are not children in this room. We aren't going into the schools and calling them names. They call us Marxists and hateful and bigots and everything else under the sun. Well, let me tell you, less than 5% of the entire population of North Carolina identifies as LGBTQ. You guys all claim you want democracy. Well, you know what democracy is? It's the majority plus one. It's 50 plus one. You know what? More than 50% of the people in this state claim that they believe in God, almighty God who made us male and female, God who made marriage between a man and a woman, God who said that we must protect our children. The fact that we can stand up here and we know, we can brag about all of the wonderful graduations, but we know, we know the statistics. 50% of children did not pass their end of grade tests. What are we celebrating? We have, we have children coming up here telling us how horrible the mental health crisis is. Why? Most of us went to public school and all of our, all of our peers are not in mental health crises. We have to ask ourselves, what are we doing to our children? I'm going to say, we are discussing things with them that they are not emotionally, intellectually, and morally able to handle. That is what is causing the anxiety. That is what is causing the depression. That is what is causing the confusion. We need our children to be able to be children, to be able to be innocent, to be able to enjoy childhood and not know all of the drama and all of the difficulties in adult life. That is what we want. We want our children to be able to read and write and to think for themselves. And we demand that the children who fear God are protected in your school. June 2023, a new documentary called No Way Back was deplatformed from Vimeo in 2022. They were set to release it in AMC theaters, but the activists demanded AMC drop the film. Shockingly, they complied. The activists released a chilling statement of victory for podcast listeners, an Instagram post that says, Breaking, the anti-trans film has been pulled from showing at AMC theaters. Quote, we did it. Our community's swift action is a testament to the power of advocacy and the importance of raising our voices against harmful content. Your collective efforts have made a significant impact and the decision to pull No Way Back from AMC theaters is a step toward fostering a more inclusive and respectful environment. Thank you for your dedication and commitment to creating positive change. Hashtag queer. Hashtag no way back. Hashtag AMC theaters. Hashtag queer trans project. Hashtag build a queer kits. Hashtag pride month. Hashtag transgender. Here is the trailer and website for no way back. One night I remember having a dream that I was a boy. I felt so happy after waking up from that dream. It just felt like I was excited to be alive. And then I got up and went and looked in the mirror and just that happiness was like crushed. Based on the information that I had, that medical transition is by far the best treatment and that you are at risk for suicide if you don't follow that path, I thought I only really had one path that I could take. I became alarmed back in 2019 after I realized I was seeing more kids with gender dysphoria and every single one I referred to the gender clinic was being transitioned. So it's often said that puberty blockers are um, reversible, but uh, the majority of children who are started on puberty blockers, over 95%, go on to take cross-sex hormones. Puberty blockers cannot be considered a standalone intervention. If it worked, I'd be very open to it. It's like putting diesel in the petrol tank. There was a study looking at the Swedish population of those who had transitioned that found that those who had transitioned had suicide rates 19 times higher than population-matched controls. Puberty blockers followed by cross-sex hormones. The fact they're being offered outside of clinical trials, despite the fact there's so much unknown about long-term risk, is a scandal in and of itself. It's up to us on the left to walk this back. I want liberals to make room for gender diversity, and that includes masculine girls and feminine boys without telling them that they need to leave their sex category because they are different. Like I said, I have to now live with what I've done. These doctors and therapists put me through this. They had no reason to except for the fact that I said it. Coming up, part two, a religious war. 
Thanks for listening to this timeline, this part one of a two-part series. I appreciate you hanging in there with me. I know this was long and wonky, but I do think it's important to get it all straight. And if you want to add anything, please do so in the comments of what I might have missed. There's probably a long list. If you're having a lovely weekend, and remember, to thine own self be true. To go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I'm wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I gained It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal And I come back even stronger Standing